Nobody ever shared the gospel with me in that time. And most people knew what I was going through. And the same people that now get on my Facebook and go, heretic, false prophet, I don't wanna. The same people walked past me and never shared the gospel. So I didn't hear the gospel. I didn't know there was a way out for me. I didn't know that God loved me. I knew there was a God. I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Him. And people think that if they go to church and they tick the box and they go through back to know they have eternal life. No, no, no. John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life, to know Him. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. I, uh, I, I came here this morning, I sat down, I had coffee, and, and then I looked at Nod and I said, I have no idea what I'm, what I'm going to talk about today. And I said, well, that, that's great, let's pray. <laughs> and we prayed and we prayed and... And the, what I'm going to share with you guys this morning, I've probably shared hundreds of times, but it kept on as I wanted to, I just wanted to pass this testimony. I just said, well, Lord, I just, I shared this testimony so many times, but I feel like this is for someone. And, and I don't care if we have a thousand people in the room or 5,000, if this can be, I, I mean, Heinz told me about the live stream that people overseas wake up three o'clock in the morning to watch this church. So if you're on now, thank you for getting up this morning. I pray that this will bless you. And, um, and uh, it's, just, it's just a privilege and honor. Nadia said last night, I'm so tired. I said, what a privilege to do this for the gospel. It's just an honor to travel for Jesus. It's an honor to lay your life down for Jesus. It's just a, it's a privilege. I sat down with a friend this week. He said um, they minister in different places in the Middle East and he said this one time a lady comes up to him and asked him for prayer and he said what can we what can I pray for you for and she said that we would endure the suffering and the martyrdom with joy that's coming and I go how do you pray for that because at that time he told me that in their country if you want to be a pastor Part of your qualification is that you needed to be locked up for at least three years for the gospel's sake. Otherwise, you can't be a pastor in the country. If you haven't been in jail, can't be a pastor. Sorry. If you want to be baptized, you need to do a 21-day water fast before you go into that water. The reason for that is because they know when they come out, they probably get killed for the gospel. And they do it with joy. And here we go. But I was baptized when I was a baby. I don't want to go to church. It's too cold. Please pray for me for my finances. And there's nothing wrong with that. But guys, people are praying that they would endure the martyrdom with joy. Like God, when we get killed for this, let us get killed with all the joy that we have. And, and I'm here and I go, what a privilege. We can gather. Nothing needs to be underground. We can sit here, we can hear the Word of God. We have the TVs, the lights, the everything. They go in, sit for five hours in total silence, and the presence of God floods the place. 
and they cry for another five hours. And that's their worship unto the Lord. And I, I quoted this thing from A.W. Tozer. <clears throat> sorry. He has this quote where he says, Christians don't tell lies anymore. They come to church and they sing it. And how real that is. That we can so often just, a friend of mine says he's projector worship. Like, just look at the screen and worship the screen. Thank you, Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with it. I just think that we need to check our hearts when it comes to the gospel. Like, are we really thankful that God has saved us? And, and this morning, I want to share this. I was in America in 2015, sorry, 2017, uh, April. There's a guy named Reinhard Bonnke. He's, uh, he's, he's with the Lord. He's, he died a, a few years ago. And he is one of the most amazing evangelists that I've ever uh, heard preach. I've never met him personally. But he has a school of evangelism that they do. And only 100 people get accepted all over the world. And at that time, I got invited to a church. I won't say where, but the church has about 3,000 youth coming for that event. They invited me to come speak. I'm super excited. And then just a few weeks before the event, the pastor called me and said, do you, do you have any qualifications? Where did you study theology and all that stuff? And I go, I, I love Jesus. And he says, don't you have any qualifications? I said, no, he's, I, I just love Jesus. He said, well, if you don't have any qualifications, we're sorry to let you know, but you can't be on our speaker list anymore. So I went, wait a minute. Like Peter was a fisherman. Paul fell off a donkey, killed people. Like Judah stole the money. These people, just, they, they walk with Jesus. Do I need a qualification for this or does God qualify you? And I, then again, there's nothing wrong with qualifications. In fact, I'm doing Bible school right now. I love it. But back then I was like, what the heck? I need a qualification. I need to get on that stage. So I went on, on, on Google, like we do when we don't know what to do. We go on Google. And, uh, and I, I was like, I need a qualification. I went on to Reinhard Bonnke because he's an evangelist. And, and I mean, in Reinhard Bonnke's meeting, 1.8 pe million people would come to a meeting. If you watch the videos in Nigeria, 4.8 million people, one meeting. You can't even see the end of it. And when he prays, he prays these simple prayers. In the mighty name of Jesus, every crippled man, walk. And all of a sudden you see wheelchairs pop up in the crowd. And they come run, running with the wheelchairs to the front and they lay it down. These crippled people. And nobody touches them. So I'm like, I need this guy to give me that certificate that these people want. <laughs> so, so I go, I go into his website, I'm like, do, uh, I send them an email, I go, hey, do you guys have like a three-month course just on, I need only a few months to do this, I need a certificate because I need to show it to someone. And the lady replies, she says, no, we don't have a Bible school or any three-month online courses, but we actually do have a school of evangelism coming up in a few weeks, registration's already closed, but maybe you can try. And I go, yes, I'll try it, I'll put it in. Within six hours, I got accepted for that uh, school, and I thought it was totally fake. So I go, into, I go into that school, I look at all of the speakers that's on the list, and I go to all of their websites to see where they're at at that time. And all of them are at the School of Evangelism. So I'm like, okay, this is legit. <laughs> then I looked at what it will cost to get there. It costs about 50,000 rand just for the school. No plane, no nothing. And I sat down in the dark. My mom came around, she's like, what are you doing? I said, I just got accepted in the school. 
It costs 50,000 rand. And she says, oh, we don't have that kind of money. I don't know how you get there. I said, that's fine. I have a dad in heaven. And that father will pay for my, my school fees if I need to go because I'm accepted. Like one out of thousands that come in, there's only 100 that can go and I got accepted. So praise God for that. Then I went to Volfus Bay for ministry and I'm all alone. I'm at that stage uh, of my ministry in my life. Just got born again, traveling for Jesus, super alone. Don't have a car, don't have nothing, don't have money, don't have a wife, don't have a girlfriend, don't have any friends, just only Josh. Josh is here this morning. I'm so, I just want to say this, man. We travel a lot. And uh, wherever we go, <clears throat> whenever someone of our friendships or friend groups, they come to our services, it blesses our hearts. We feel so loved by it. My brother and his wife drove 400 kilometers from Hartenbos yesterday to come surprise us. So thank you for coming. <clears throat> and... And Josh came all the way from uh, Langebaan, and Alvin came with his own wheels. You saw him come in. <laughs> he brings his own chair everywhere we, he goes. And that's we, so we feel so loved uh, with that. Um, <laughs> I always make wheelchair jokes when we're around people. I, I told you, Andre, December, I said, hey, bro, Alvin's watch is um, broken. Do you know where we can fix it? He says, yeah, sure. What's wrong with it? I said, it doesn't count his steps anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And your honor didn't know what to do with it. Anyway, <coughs> we just love the facial expressions of these people. And um, so I was there. I'm crying this one, and I put my head between two mattresses, and I'm crying. Ah, God, I don't have a wife. I'm alone. The office is so beautiful. I can't share it with anyone. Ah, I don't have a car. Oh, Jesus, and I'm just crying all over. I know, I know many single people, when you love Jesus, that's all you pray for. Oh, give me someone that I can do life with. And uh, don't pray that too much. It's not that as easy as you think it is. <laughs> when you get married, your wife pushes buttons that you thought was broken a long time ago. But they, she, she somehow finds them and they go, what does this one do? do, 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 do. <laughs> and then you go, <laughs> <clears throat> Married people will know. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> anyway, so I'm there and I go, I'm crying out for this wife and, and all of this stuff. And there's one morning I'm alone. I'm eating at this nice restaurant. I'm sitting there and I go to the buffet table and I'm putting in food. And there's one guy across, like across the table. He goes like this. Hey, hey, yeah, you're Picard. I said, yeah. He said, what are you doing in my town? I said, bro, I'm preaching the gospel here. The lame people are walking. The blind people are seeing. The deaf people are hearing. This it's crazy what God is doing. He said, man, I've got to introduce you to my dad. And he, he walks around to his father and he goes, hey, this is my dad. Dad, this is Picard. This is an evangelist. I follow him on Facebook. I do this and that. And he shares the story and I go, thank you. Bless you. This is nice to meet you. And I go back to my table. And I'm sitting there and I go, dang, at that time I needed about 40, just around 40,000 rand to come in for the school of evangelism coming up. And the guy that invited me is a multimillionaire. And when I say that, I'm, I'm saying that the guy, when he has done paying all the bills, he has about 20 million rand left every month. And we're good friends. So every now and again, I go, hey, don't you have an extra 40,000 there for me to go to, uh, to Orlando? And then he, he, he usually went like this. He said, hey, we'll talk about it later. But he never, he never gave anything. We just, we were great friends. Uh, he's also passed away with the Lord now. But at that time, I thought that this, God's going to use this financial strong guy to, to bless me to go to America. And it didn't work like that. Anyway, I'm sitting there eating this guy comes around, he, he says bye, and he leaves. He takes my number, and he leaves. And uh, 
about 15 minutes later, he calls me. He says, hey, I just don't want you to get a fright, but tomorrow morning there'll be 40,000 rand in your account. He didn't know about anything. So he, dad just, his dad just felt like we, our business needs to bless this guy. Gives me 40,000 rand. I'm crying. Now, <clears throat> I want you to know, like Heinz said, I'm praying for everybody. At that time, in that specific hotel, we've been praying for all of the waiters, all of the, and they give you names, like they just choose who you are. So at that time, they made me a prophet, which I'm not, but they went, prophet, prophet, are you okay? Are you okay? Because I'm crying. I'm literally, I'm weeping, like ugly cry. Just got call my mom. I said, mom, I'm going to America. She's, she didn't believe me. Put the phone down. <laughs> call my dad. Dad, I'm going, someone just paid 40,000 rand in my car. I'm crying. Oh, what? How this? I don't know. I'm going to America. And in that moment while I'm standing there, I felt God say, trust me now for your vehicle. And that's only what I've heard. It's been two years that I've been traveling by bus or walk or rented a car or got on a plane or as we went. Uh, just Josh, Josh works for Europe Car, so he would travel and then as a staff member, they could get a car at Europe Car. So he would travel with me, then we have a car. So <laughs> got to be wise as serpents. And, um, and it was so amazing. We... Uh, when I, when I heard that in my, in my heart, like, trust me now for your vehicle, I put the phone on, I get a message from a friend that lives in Poland. He texts me, he's like, hey, I just prayed for you. I felt God says, time for your own car. So I'm like, oh, what the, what the, but what about the wife? <laughs> and she's not coming with a car. Anyway, so it, just, it was just such a great time. So I get to Orlando, Florida. I'm there. Now I'm getting in this room. I'm two years born again. I don't know much. All I know is that I thought at that time, and it was literally like that, that I, at that time I thought I was the only guy that heard God because in my town in Uppington, I haven't met anyone that can say the Lord says, and it is like that. Now all of a sudden, I'm born again, and I'm starting to hear the voice of God, so I would literally walk in a mall. I'd just do my thing, and I hear God say, uh, what about maybe this guy on this side go hey this guy has a left shoulder pain and I go up hey bro you have something wrong with your left shoulder what the heck how do you know that I go man Jesus just spoke to me let me pray for you and then and like small towns you guys know small towns everybody knows everybody people talk a lot right so <clears throat> I would sometimes go in, in the shopping center and people would see me and they would turn around and look away I remember this one time I was at, on a farm uh, in, in the Kalahari and uh, we were sitting around this big fire and this young, the, the, the guy that invited me, his son was there with his friends, but they're all grown up, they're out of school, just out of school, so they're drinking there, drinking a couple of beers and having smokes and water, water. and I'm sitting there and go, Jesus, you got to give me something for these kids, give me something for these kids, and, and all of a sudden I heard in my heart, the guy next to me injured his back in a rugby match, but also that his left leg is a little bit shorter than the other one. So I'm sitting there and I go, hey, bro, do you have a back injury from rugby? He goes, yeah. I said, and also your left leg is shorter than the other one. He's like, how the heck do you know that? I said, put your leg out, brother. And he puts his leg out on, the, like, on this brick there. And I'm sitting next to him. I say, watch your leg and keep your eyes on it. And I literally went like this. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for healing his back and growing the leg. And as we were sitting there, the leg went like this. Whoop, grew back. Now all of a sudden, the conversations changed around that fire so now this one guy gets up he says listen if you can tell me what's happening in his life then I'll believe it right <clears throat> and I go I go dang this is like like all of a sudden this just became a circus you know it's, the Holy Spirit's not a circus act like he's a gift right but now 
this guy says, if, if, you, if you tell me what's happening in his life, I'll believe it, but I'll work, no, no pressure. And I said, no, 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 that's fine. I said, bro, I said, man, you're currently, you're the only child. He says, yes. I said, yeah, and you have a mother and your father left you at this age and I start packing out what's happening in his life. I mean, sometimes people can look at me and they go, how the heck, guys, in my heart, I go, how the heck do I even know this? It's just God is spirit. So I'm hearing this and these kids freak out. Next morning, I walk out. They, they walk there. They like walk circles around me. And I go in and I said to the farmer, I said, hey, something wrong with these kids. They just greet me from a distance. He said, no, my son last night when they went back to bed, my son told them that you can read their thoughts. <laughs> so they, wanna, they don't want to be around me. <laughs> and I said, why would he do it? <laughs> like he says, no, he thought it was a big joke. Like just because his son knows Jesus. Anyways, so I'm in America. I go there, I thought I was this gift to mankind, I'm hearing God and nobody else can, and now we're sitting there in this room, and now all of a sudden these great speakers and men of God and women of God come in, I mean, Todd White was there, Daniel Kalena was there, we had Michael Kleonos, who's Benny Hinn's son-in-law was there, all of these people, and all of a sudden, the room's full with like thick cloud, smoky cloud, this one lady shoots up her hand. She goes, look, and there's gold dust all over her hands. And I thought, wow, that's fake. And I turn my hands around, there's gold dust all over my hand. And I go, so there must be something on my seat or what the heck's happening? I'm, I'm, I mean, this is the first time that I see stuff like this. It was just wild. Like God's wrecking my brain, my theological little brain that I had. Just gets wrecked when he does something like that. Anyways, I'm in that school, but now they have like this break times. And in that school, this one time they said, hey, do you want to go as to Walmart? Now, we, all of us have, in some way or another, if you watch television, heard of Walmart. Like, I'm, yeah, I want to go to Walmart. I haven't, I only heard about this. If you go to Walmart, there's everything under one roof. Like, you can buy guns if you want to buy guns. Under the roof, over the counter, whatever you want, just get it at Walmart, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> I go to Walmart, and, uh, and on my way in, this guy pushes the trolley and he looks so depressed. But I've, and I'm on my, way in, on my way in. And I go, hey, buddy, Jesus loves you, bro. Everything fine. He goes, what? You know, I don't know. These American people, they just don't care. Like, they go, what? This is Jesus, Jesus. And I said, yeah, man, God loves you. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. I go, sure, man. He says, listen. Uh, dang, I forgot the first question. <laughs> And he says, listen, listen, if, 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 Noah, if Noah was real, then where was the ark? Like, where was the ark? And if, if there was an animal of every sort and two of those animals on that ark, then how come they never found the kangaroo, which is from Australia, far away? And I'm going, hey, that's such a great question. I like. <laughs> but now you need to know that you get the spirit of wisdom, which is God's wisdom. And it looks different than our wisdom. So our wisdom looks like, let me get out Google and then get a paragraph and then all the background about that skeleton of a kangaroo and what it looks like and then how it could, could have gotten at the ark. God's wisdom looks like, hey, do we need to pay taxes? Whose face is on the coin? There's no debate. It's just like, whose face is on the coin? Caesar's give it to him. And we, we try, sometimes when people ask us difficult questions, we want to go into that little debate. Well, and how this and that, and how come they must believe this and that. We don't want to debate. We want God to love people through our lives. 
So I said, man, that's such a great question. I have a question for you because I've learned in my life and from studying the Bible, Jesus never debated. He asked questions. And then people debated with themselves. That's way better. So I said, bro, I have a question for you. He says, yeah. I said, don't you think that maybe you were supposed to go dig up the kangaroo bones and that someone else just might have missed it? He goes, yeah, 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 have me on that one. But, uh, but, 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 but I, I have another question for you, he says. I said, okay, great, let's go. Like, I'm now, yes. He says, I have another question for you. He said, Adam and Eve, right? They have their two sons, Cain and Abel. I, yes. I said, yes. He says, well, then Cain kill, killed Abel. So where did the other people come from? Did Eve slept with her son or what? And I go, dang, that's a great question. <laughs> and I said, bro, I have a question for you. <laughs> He's like, yes. I said, who put Adam and Eve on earth? He said, well, supposedly God did. I said, don't you think you could put other people there? And he went, yeah, you got me on that one. <laughs> and now, bro, I am flaming hot. I'm ready for all the questions. But you know that the Bible says that pride comes before the fall? So sometimes when we get so puffed up, the Bible actually says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So whenever we get into that place of knowledge, it puffs you, it puffs you up and you go, I think I know everything. You don't. You actually know nothing. If, if we start saying, okay, guys, let's go into how does your eyeball work? You have, an, you have two eyes, right? Do you use them every day? Yes. How does it work? How many people can actually say, I know exactly how an eyeball works? Just, just for basic information, do you know that your eyeball, ha one eyeball has over 2 million working parts in it? That it can pick up over 10,000 dominant colors? That your eyeball processes, picks up an image, puts it in your brain and processes it, 30,000, 36,000 images per hour. That over a lifetime, you would pick up, process, and store about 24 million pictures. That means that 85% of everything that you know of your life is because you have two eyes. They say it's better to use your eye as a security, better than using your fingerprints. Because fingerprints have like 40 unique characteristics, whereas your eye has 256 unique characteristics. There's a reason God said in Zechariah, yeah, Zechariah 2.8, it says, if anybody touches you, they touch the apple of my eye. It's like when someone speaks against you, they're poking their finger in God's eye. Go, tuh, tuh, tuh. The, the eye is special. We didn't even know that. We know nothing. So this guy, he asked another question. I got puffed up because I thought, man, I'm on a roll. Ask me anything. Jesus is worth me. And he's like, hey, I have another question for you. Do you think that God can get hurt? What would you guys say? Yes. And I went, it, without thinking, I said, yeah, sure, God can get hurt. And he went, oh. So he, if he is that almighty and he, get, can, he can get hurt, then he's not that almighty after all. If your God is so great and so mighty and he can get hurt by a mere human being, then he is not that great and almighty after all. And all of a sudden, I went completely cold and I had sweat on my back because I didn't know what to say. How do you get out of that one? But praise God for wisdom. So I stood there and I'm like, bro, let me tell you a story. 
Do you know five, at that time it was five years, it's now eight years, is it? It's four years about ago. I said, bro, a few years ago, I dated a girl. I loved her very much. I dated that girl for five years. I was 19 years old, and she was 15 when we started dating. I gave my life to this woman. If I didn't know Jesus. I wasn't born again. I didn't walk around sharing the gospel with anyone. I'm just a normal guy with normal sinful life, just stuck in all of my sinful ways. I, and, and I have this girlfriend that I like, and now we dated for five years. And I said, and, and you know what, what happened one day is I dated this girl. I thought I was going to get married to her. And then this one day I got to her house. And when I got to her house, I, uh, we had dinner, we had a great time, I got in the car, and as I got in the car to leave, she told me that she doesn't want to date me anymore, this is over. And my life full apart, like, my heart broke. I don't know if anyone has ever went through a failed relationship or that kind of rejection, it's just not lacquer. Like, it feels like, do anything else, but don't do this. Like, let's just try and work this out, because... We were created for relationship. We were created for love. We were created for intimacy. We were created for all of these things. That's how we've been put up together so that we can live in this. But the primary was relationship with God as a father, relationship with him. And then through that relationship that all other relationships will work. That's why it says love God and love your neighbor as yourself, right? So we love him first. And then out of loving him, all the love flows. It's a... It's a, it's a great thing. The one guy said, intimacy is into me you see. So when we have intimacy with God, it's him seeing into us. And then only what we receive, we can give. If we haven't received any love, we can't give any love. We need to receive it. In Romans 5, 5 it says that the Holy Spirit pours out the love of God into our hearts. So if he pours it into our hearts, then whatever is in our heart needs to come out so that other people can actually enjoy God through our lives. And when, when, when I'm around men of women, men and women of God, people who love Jesus, we learn so much around them because they have this different parts of the body of Jesus that we get to know through their lives. It's not, oh, I don't agree with this guy. You might not agree with him, but dude, God has placed something in that man's life that you can learn from. We learn something from God's heart when we gather like this. Like today, you guys are listening to me. And you might have never heard anything like this before or see any guy like this before. I'm actually dressed really nice this, today. It doesn't usually look like it. But, and you can go, man, I've, have, I've never heard anything like that before. It's because it's a different part of God's body. And you can learn from it. Right? So I'm there and I go, man, I dated this girl and, and she left me for someone else. I got there a, a week later. She's there. Someone else is in the room. And it was actually really wild. I got into the neighbor's uh, yard, got over the wall, got to her window, and the light was on. And I, and I knocked on the window. And I said, hey, because I heard her and another guy inside the room talk. Now, if you've dated someone for five years, and you're not born again, and you're full of rage and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and all of that stuff, that's not good. Especially if you have also have a four-year close quarter combat background behind you. Then someone's, someone's not going to live tonight. They're going to die. And I made a promise to that woman. I always told her, if I find you with someone, if you cheat on me with someone else, I'm going to kill that guy before you slowly. You'll see him die. And then I'm going to kill you, and then I'm going to kill me. Because if I can't get you, nobody can. That was my promise. 
No, promises is unbiblical. It says you don't make a vow. Don't swear unto heaven or earth. It says just let your yes be yes and your no be no. We say, so is it, I promise. Don't promise, bro. Just say yes or no. And, and stick to the commitment. It's just, that's basic. Basic, that's great, that's great one gospel. Just say yes, I'll do it, and then yes. Right? Do you want to say yes? Yes, great. Okay, then do it. If you, if you, if you took a picture of the banking details and go, I'll, I'll put something in later on, and you don't do it, your yes wasn't your yes. And God knows your heart. I'm just using that as a simple example. Like, we've got to be true to what we do. And as I'm standing there and I go, knock on the window. And all of a sudden, the light goes off. And I just told the kids the other day, I said, like, it wasn't load shedding. <laughs> they put the lights off and I go, hey, I heard you guys on the inside. Come out. Nothing. And I said, if you don't come out, I'm coming in. Nothing. So I knocked out the window. Knocked the window out. I pulled the curtains away. And back then, I was also heavy in fitness and bodybuilding, so it was quite big. But when I pulled the curtains away, the dude on the other side was a little bit bigger than I am. <laughs> but I wasn't afraid. I am not afraid. <laughs> I am not afraid. I was like, I'm not afraid. I said, bro, come outside. Let's talk. And he said, no, no, no. Let's talk through the window. And I always make a joke. I said, it always feels like, is this any McDonald's drive through like, I'm not going to go through a window conversation. Come outside. We'll sort it out this side. He didn't want to come out. So I went around, started shaking on the gate, the security gate that I want to, I just wanted to go in. Like, I'm shaking this gate. And as the bolts started to come loose, the girl opens the door. And when she opens the door, it felt like, do you guys remember that sweet set we got when we were kids? They were on like this reiki, all of the colors. You know that? You eat them like that. And that freaking reiki is this thing, but it never breaks. Like, uh, but, but if you have that sweet on you and the Reiki breaks, there's sweets all over the place. Right? So that's what it felt to me. It felt like someone just clipped the Reiki and my, everything fell apart. Like I literally went to my knees and I wept on that porch in front of that door. I wept and I was just saying, why, why, why? Because I couldn't understand why. And she just said, man, you know, I wanted to give you another chance, but now after all of this, there's just nothing. No, sorry. And I went back home, and for one month, all I wanted to do was kill myself. For one month. So all I could think of, suicide. How will I kill myself? Maybe I should jump where in Uppington, the Orange River are there, and I wanted to jump off the bridge. And I thought, if I jump off that bridge, and maybe I hit a rock and just break my leg, I'll look stupid for the rest of my life. I don't want to do that. It's too risky. I can still live. And then I thought, maybe I'll just... Uh, Maybe I'll just drink some poison. And I would call all my farmer friends and go, hey, do you guys still have that? Um, dang, they had us like a, they don't sell that poison anymore. Uh, anyways, something that you just, uh, tamic, yeah. I was like, hey, do you guys still have that tamic? Why? And I would make up something. I said, no, it's some animal that I want to kill at my, at my house. And they go, no, they don't sell it anymore. But you drink that stuff and you just die immediately. So couldn't find that. For one month, that's all I wanted to do. And for one month, nobody ever shared the gospel with me in that time. And most people knew what I was going through. And the same people that now get on my Facebook and go, heretic, false prophet, I don't want to. Same people walk past me and never shared the gospel. I'm like, what the heck? You know? But nobody ever did. So I didn't hear the gospel. I didn't know there was a way out for me. I didn't know that God loved me. I knew there was a God. I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know him. 
And people think that if they go to church and they tick the box and they go through back to, no, they have eternal life. No, no, no. John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life, to know Him. If we know Him, we have eternal life now. It starts now. It's not someday. Todd White says, if you, if you wait for death to have life, then death becomes your Savior. Jesus is the Savior. When He saves you right now, life is now. That's why Jesus prayed, Our Father that art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. As it is in heaven. Oh, for some Christians, they pray it, but they don't believe it. I mean, how many depressed people are in heaven? How many anxious people in heaven? They just go to heaven and they go, Yeah, you know those people in church. My booty. They come to you, they go, oh, no, we just trust God, you know. And then you feel so bad, you help them out. And they go, oh, thank you for hearing the Lord for us, brother. And you'll never find that in heaven. We're going to worship in heaven. The Bible says that every tear has even been taken away. Like there's no crying, there's no sickness, there's no nothing. So we pray that for us on earth. So anyway, I'm, I'm going through all of this stuff. I wanted to kill myself. So one day I, I came to my house and I thought, this is it. I'm dying tonight. I don't want to live anymore. Life's not. And I kept on hearing this phrase in my mind the whole month that life would be a better place when you're gone. You see, the enemy slips into that place and he tries to sway you away from what God has for you. The Bible says that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. But because we do not know the word of God, we do not know what to do. We don't know how to live. In Colossians 3 verse 16, he says, let the word of Christ dwell richly inside of you. Why? Because when the trials and troubles come, you need to just let word come out of your mouth. Not opinions of people. Many people have opinions. Opinion, I, I bring to you today, opinion 3 verse 32. <laughs> Bless you. I don't want your opinion. I want the Bible. I want the truth. I want something that will set me free from whatever I'm going through. John 8, 36, it says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want truth. Opinion doesn't set people free. They keep, they keep them captive. No, but Kusi said this. No, Pity said that. No, this one said this. Who cares what anyone said? What did Jesus say? Tell me what Jesus said and then I'll do that. That's, that's easy. I don't want the opinions of people. The, I, I read this book, in this one book that I'm reading now. It says, if you, if you always submit to the most uh, emotionally unstable person in the group, your motivation later on will become fear and anger and then out of your heart. Because what happens is we will go, as a preacher, that most of the times happen. Oh, I can't preach this because of quibbles. Or I can't say this because of Susan. I can't say this. And what you do is your motivation of preaching becomes fear of man. It changes because of what someone else will say. I'd like to go, I'm going to preach this because God said this. And if Quibus wants to leave, please let him get another church. Where he can go sit and have his ears tickled. This is not happening in my place. You know, like David Hogan, they say, they tell, I don't know if you've ever heard of David Hogan, but he has this accent. They say, David Hogan, I don't like the way you talk. And he goes, you don't like the way I talk? I don't like the way you talk. And he just goes on, right? So you don't like the way I preach? I don't like the way you preach. Please get another church, man. Bless you. Bless you. Anyway, so 
I came to my house this one night. I got the bucky, got a pipe, put it in the exhaust, put the pipe through the window. I start the bucky and the pipe falls out the back. And I'm crying and I'm angry and I just want to die. So I get out, I put the pipe back in and I have some stuff and I stuff it around the pipe. Just get a rope and tie it on because this thing, I'm dying tonight. Put it through the window, start the bucky again, the pipe falls out again. Now I'm really angry. Walk into my house, I've got a knife, really sharp knife that uh, Victory Knox knives, you guys know that with the different colors, green, yellow, all the colors, right? And, uh, and I put it against my wrist and I was ready to just slit. I'm alone at home. So I put it against my wrist and as I was about to push it through, my pit bull comes around the corner and she looks at me in the eyes and it was as if I could hear that God, uh, not the God, the dog. God, dog. Jesus. Wow. That's a revelation. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> wow. And I guess as if I could hear this dog say, what are you doing? I could literally hear that voice like, what are you doing? And I thought, man, I can't do this. So I went back to my room and I'm walking up and down. I'm smoking the one cigarette after the other. I'm drinking this wine and that. I'm just going... I, I don't know what to do, and, I rem- and I, I'm like, in my head, if you ever know a mom that is a, also a nurse, you'll know that you don't need to go to the doctor because she has everything at home. All the pills, all the everything. Like, mom, I have a headache. Oh, drink this, 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 this. Just go through the whole thing. So I call my mom and say, mom, I can't sleep at night. Can you please help me with just some sleeping pills? Um, I'm, it's just difficult. I'm struggling. She's like, sure, I'm bringing, I'll come get it. Got the sleeping pills. and I don't know what the thing's name was, but it's small and white. So, and she also said, then, if you drink this one pill, put your phone off, because if you don't, you're going to send some weird stuff to people. And I don't know how that works. Maybe the older people know, but I don't know. And then also, I know that you drink this pill in your bed, because if you drink it in the kitchen, you fall asleep on your way to the bedroom. (laughs) Really strong. So I drink this one pill, nothing happens. I drink a second one, nothing happens. I thought, maybe if I just drink everything, I'll die in my sleep, and then people will come find me. They won't find me in my uh, in blood, they won't find me in anything but just in my bed. So I drank 15 sleeping pills in total. Five was enough to put me in the ICU. Drank 15 sleeping pills, nothing happened. And I'm sharing this story with a guy in America, right? You still on track? <laughs> this is what I was sharing with a guy in America, right? So this guy goes, man, I went through the same thing. I said, yeah. He said, yeah, man, I went through the same thing. My girlfriend left me. We're dating for three years, staying together. I left me for another guy and this and that. And he goes on with the whole, like, the whole story. I tried to commit suicide and he's sharing his heart with me. And, and that's so, it's not that nice. And, wada wada. and I said, bro, bro, man, that really, that's really not nice. Man, you must have felt so hurt. He said, man, I was really hurt, man. I said, oh, so you got hurt by a mere woman. <laughs> Remember he had that question that he said, if God is really God, then he just got hurt by a mere man. I said, man, you got hurt by a mere girl. You must probably not be a man. He's like, no, bro, but you don't understand, man. I gave my everything to this girl, man. I gave my whole life for this woman. I said, bro, you got hurt by a girl, man. Did she slap you around? No, bro. I love this woman. I just gave everything to her. I said, my brother, that is the gospel. 
Jesus gave everything. God made heaven empty for you. That is the simple gospel that God gave His only Son for you. And in the meantime, you are turning your back on Him. And you think that He cannot get hurt? Bro, God's heart bleeds for you. Jesus bled for you. He died on a cross for you. He didn't stay dead. He rose again for your life, brother. You were the joy set before Him. This is the God that I serve. I don't serve some toppy in the sky, the old man in the sky, guy in the sky. I don't know what they call him. No, brother. He's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He died for you. And that night when I walked out of my house, I cried out, God of love, if you are there, and if there even is a God of love, why does my life look like this? And Jesus revealed himself to me. My life changed forever. That's why I'm here in America, to tell you that God loves you. And he just stood there. So I'm in my pockets because I pull out a $20 note, like 20 is 20, right? But if, like I'm like, $20, does this mean anything to you, my brother? He said, I want to give you this $20. Now, he said, no, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take it. You want something from me? I said, no, I don't want anything from you. I want to bless you. God so loved the world that he gave. And I want to give you this $20. I want to bless your heart. I, I don't want your email address. I don't want your cell phone number. I don't want your name. I just want to bless you. I love you, and God loves you. And Jesus came from heaven, humbled himself into the womb of a woman. Got born as a baby. God trusted a mere woman to raise his son on this planet. And now Jesus left for heaven. He says he needs to leave to send a helper, the Holy Spirit, to now live inside of you. And God trusts you with his spirit. He trusts you with his son. In fact, in Luke 12, verse 32, the Bible says that the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. And that kingdom is worth selling everything for. That kingdom is worth giving everything away for. That kingdom is, Jesus said, the kingdom is like a man that owns a field with a jewel in it. Selling everything to buy the field just to get the jewel. The kingdom of God is Jesus you selling everything, going, I give everything away. I want the crown prize. And that's the king himself. So many people want the blessings of the kingdom, but they don't want the king. And I didn't lead the guy to Jesus. But that day, something dropped in my heart. That whenever I turn my heart away, there's a son of God sitting at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says that Jesus intercedes for us daily. That the son of God is sitting next to the Father and he's praying for you and I and every person that turns away. So the scripture says that it is God's heart and the will of God for everyone to come to repentance and be saved. That's why Jesus came. Sin in Isaiah 59:2 separated us from God. But then Jesus comes in Psalm 112 and he separates us from sin as far as the east is from the west and then the power of sin Romans 6 14 gets broken at the cross that it will no longer have dominion over you anymore but that you would have dominion over it that's why we have the willpower to say no some of you dads need to say no to that donut late to it <laughs> you gotta go uh, uh, uh. No, 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 no. And what happens when, when you say no, the devil goes, oh, but it's Father's Day. You may have one. Bless your heart, Daddy. You wanted this. 
<laughs> and then you put it in your mouth and go, and your wife goes, what are you doing? The devil made me do it. <laughs> you have a choice. You have a choice today. And as a father, I'm not a dad yet, but I'm going to become one. Hopefully soon, Nadia's not pregnant, but we know that we will be. Bless your heart, honey. <laughs> but I know this, that as a father, Ephesians 5, 1 says, we need to follow God as dear children. In Afrikaans, it actually says, volg jou pa, soos a geliefde kind. That's what Heinz said earlier, is exactly that. Children do not listen to what you say, they do what you do. They do what they see. I saw this picture yesterday that says, the, the father told the son, son, you better watch where you're walking. And then the son said, no, dad, you better watch where you're walking because I'm walking in your footsteps. And as a father and as a man, it is our job to represent Jesus in our house, the heart of God in our house. Because if we do that, we will actually raise up a generation that will not come to God and and compare him with our, our earthly dad because that's what, that's what we do. We have an earthly dad that did not, did not stay at home when we needed him. They did not pick up us on his lap. He didn't kiss us. He didn't sit at the sports field. He didn't do all of that stuff. And all of a sudden, we need to see God as a father and we don't know how. But as earthly fathers, today you can make a decision to say, I repent of doing all of this stuff, not being there for my children, not being there for my wife, not being there for this and that. Maybe you're divorced. I just feel like I want to say this. Maybe you're divorced and you're not in contact with your children that's living with their mother. Maybe you should today call them. And go, it's a privilege to be your father. I'm sorry for not being there. And do something about it. If your son walks in your shoes, why won't you put your feet in your father in heaven's shoes? And go, I want to be like daddy God. I want to be present. I want to be available. I want to be reachable. I want to be anywhere at any time. My phone needs not to be on silent. I want to be in that place. I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great husband. I want to repent towards my wife for all the things I've ever did and all the things that I never did. I want to be that kind of dad. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.